You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. You are here, moving in this place, and we worship you, we worship you. Everybody sing, Waymaker! Light in the darkness That is who Spirit for us to come into a place of illumination. Strengthen someone this Sunday morning. Save someone. Help someone. Answer the question on someone's heart. We pray this our Father in Jesus' mighty name. Gospel shout a big amen. A huge amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. into the word. Um, I think we'll get to pray for each other at some point in the service. All right, but um, it's a couple of things. So today we're continuing along the lines of our discussion on stronger, which is the theme for the year. Um, our discussion today is stronger than adversity. Stronger than adversity. Let's, let's welcome Namdi, my keyboardist, <laughs> from last week. You made it back, okay? Let's welcome him. What's all that? That's not nice. Thank you. Um, as I prepared for the message, uh, by the way, we've got our friends from GLA. Let's also welcome them. Thank you so much. God bless you. Um, as, we prepared, as I prepared for the message, uh, two things uh, impressed in my heart. And I'll share, by the way, my name is Idris. In case it's your first time here or you've seen me before, you don't know me. I'm, um, I'm the caretaker here at LifePoint. Um, and also lead the leadership team. Okay, myself and Ogochuku, who's my wife. Um, of how many years now? <laughs> of 13, counting on 14. I'm trying, I'm trying, okay? We're trying, okay? <laughs> All right, um, two words. Number one, um, God impressed in my heart about someone, and the impression I had was about Moses. You have to start playing now. This guy's <laughs> After all the hype I gave you, you I'll give you my, key, my playlist for today, okay? Um, about Moses. Uh, and, and this is what was in my heart as I prayed. A person who is upset about the fact that they've been left, as it were, in a basket on water. And you're really upset. And what I wrote in my notes, you're upset that your parents left you. I don't know under what circumstances, and I don't know how this comes across to you. And immediately you are angry at the sister who is meant to be watching over you. 
and, and the encouragement impressed on my heart for you this morning is you should not forget uh, that you survived what killed all the other children and that the palace beckons. It, it's very important. I don't know who it is. Who is you're fundamentally, you're upset about the circumstances might be of your birth, of having, how you were raised up, other things that happened. So you're angry, upset that your parents left you and now actually angry at the sister who is meant to be watching over you. Help me ask the person next to you, are you angry? Are you angry? Are you upset? Okay. You're upset. Um, and, and there's somebody else. Um, and this was a bit more specific about something happened when you were 19. And this affects your ability to conceive. And, you know, this came to me yesterday afternoon. I was like, oh, conceive. And I was like, it's about conceiving ideas. Um, but I also realized that it could just be quite literally. It could relate to your ability to conceive physically. And, and even though you are not at childbearing just yet, you are petrified. Um, my prayer, and I, I believe that God reveals to redeem, is that the power of God will come over you. It would restore both your heart and your body. I declare that you will conceive in due season. And you will give birth. God's push out a big amen. A huge amen. Amen. Um, just try, ask the person next to you. I, I just tell the person, I really want you to be comfortable beside me today. It's always your excellent. Everything PI says to tell you, I will tell you. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's even just test that. Just tell the person, I love you. I love you. This is no purpose love. I just love you. From the very depths of my heart, I love you. Uh, uh, yeah. Some guys say, yeah, I love you. Here's my number. But that's all I said. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Our text today is from 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I read from verse 1 to 6. If so, my playlist for today, if you remember, you are my strength. You know that one. You are my strength. Strength like no other. You know that one. Yeah, that's the first song. And then as the message begins to heat up, you then go old school and do let the weak say I'm strong. Right? And then when I talk about joy, you have to then do the joy of the Lord is my strength. But you have to sing it slow. You have to play slowly. And then when I talk about investing in the power of calm, you do lean on me. Right? <laughs> Guy's mind is like, what is all this? What kind of... <laughs> Just preach. Okay. Aha. Great. That's why I prefer you to Josh. Josh will just be playing some things. I don't know. Okay, God's word. First Samuel 31 to 6. Now it happened that when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. And so David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept, until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the, Je the Jezreelites, 
but Ahinoam, who came from somewhere. Okay, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. It says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Uh, adversity is a fact of life. Adversity is a fact of life. Um, you know how when we drive in Lagos, I can't get past how people are surprised that there is traffic. You know, it's because we just come out on Monday, like, ha, traffic, traffic. But it's a busy city, and you know there was traffic last week, and I can tell you there will be traffic this week. Uh, but, you know, when you go to busy cities in the world, you know, some of you have what, you've traveled, yes? Uh, you go to busy cities in the world, New York, Benin, uh, you know, you see traffic. And so you're used to, but you know, there's a way we react. It's come out like, hey, traffic everywhere. But adversity is a fact of life. But we can find strength in God. Adversity is, you know, unexpected turns. You, you wake up in the morning, you're driving to work, the world is unquartered, and you just realize, ha, cue. Everywhere, that's adversity. On unfavorable or unpleasant outcomes. You know, you've been going out with Chinedu for the last couple of months. One month to Valentine. One month. It's one month, right? One month to Valentine's Day. He dumps you. That's adversity. You're not even so pained that he's dumped you. It's just the thoughts of navigating Valentine's season. It's just uncomfortable. It just doesn't make sense. Or something even more serious, like the loss of a loved one. Unforeseen disaster. Um, Jesus says in John 16 and verse 33, that these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. He says, in this world, the NKJV says you will have tribulation. The NIV says you will have trouble. It says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus predicts adversity. And you know his predictions come true. If I was the one who said there will be adversity, you could doubt. But Jesus predicts it. Let me look at the person next to you. He says, there will be adversity. There will be adversity. There will be adversity. In our text, David faces, they just come in from from battle, they've just won victory. And so you can imagine the guys are coming back, they're all singing, they're just celebrating. Ah, oh God, did you see how that guy, he just came, he went, I, I bounced, he just used my sword, I removed his head. So I saw him. I says, ah, ah, follow me. I see the way, when that guy was trying to hit you, just sang that song, he just collapsed. Ah, pam, you're a warrior. And they're all, you know, it's just jubilation. It's just all happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I don't even know why we still have Christmas trees here. Because some people are like, Christmas has really passed. You know, but it's a happy New Year. We're all in a good mood. Then, boom! They get home and, ha! Or maybe there's a huge fire. That's smoke. 
maybe the women are making a big feast for us. Maybe, maybe they're just making all sorts of nice bush meat and all sorts of stuff for us. One of his men says, but David, that's, that's a lot of smoke. And it's not just coming from where the kitchen is. It's a lot of smoke. And adversity hits. And you know, the problem is that they get there and the entire place is burnt down. A new flat screen TV I bought yesterday. The car, everything, your clothes, the one you imported recently from the desert, everything is gone. And then start to look, where are the children? Where are the wives? Everyone is gone. And there's no closure because it's a different thing if we could even deal with seeing bodies, they are gone. But not all adversity is from the devil. I must say that. Not all adversity is from the devil. A couple of weeks, months ago, I once preached a message and mentioned something about the four quadrants of pain and suffering. I don't know if you can remember. I'll try and find the message. Uh, and the title. I can't remember the title. But I remember that one of the things that we taught in that message was that in life you will go through all sorts of things. And there's pain and suffering that sometimes will come from the devil. And we have to stand in the authority that we have in Christ Jesus and resist him. But there is pain and suffering that comes from your own lack of wisdom. Your personal application and subscription to foolishness sometimes brings you pain. I know that you guys think I'm going to now mention the whole Arsenal example. I will not. The Arsenal fans are already in a bad place. There's no need to just beat them all. But, but yeah, the truth is that that's the easiest example. If you support Arsenal, that's pain and suffering from lack of wisdom. Yeah? Not because you, you kind of know. Beginners say, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the quadruple or whatever you call it. Then by, the, by February, you know, but let's, 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 let, let's not beat a horse that is in pain. There is pain and suffering that is from, that is required for the development of character. Some of us here, I can see, you go to the gym regularly. I told you, I'm not talking about you. I mean, some of, some of us here go to the gym. I can see you, yeah? And you know that the first couple of times when you go, you know how it felt. And you know the stuff you put yourself through. Um, Ogachuku runs on behalf of the family. Uh, you know, and we know what we go through to prepare for marathons. It's not easy. What you see is the, when we are saying the gold medal, well, not the gold medal at the end, we've finished, no. But we know what we put in. So that's four quarters. And then the last is the pain that other people cause you. And I, I, I probably teach it some other time this year. But adversity will come in different shapes and in different forms. But what I love about David's story is that, you know, because it, it goes from bad to worse and from worse to whatever else. Because the Bible says they've gotten to a place where they've tried to cry and to weep. They have no more strength to weep. This is grown men, warriors. You know, and they're just heaving and nothing is coming out. The Bible says that the men then begin to talk about stoning him. But the Bible says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And that is the focus of our discussion this morning. The ability to prepare strength for and through adversity. When we say this phrase, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know we normally say it and say, I can do everything. I can fly a plane. I can walk from here to Makoti. I can, I can start. I can do anything. And that's not the context. I mean, it's right that you can, with God, there is nothing that's impossible. But the context in which Apostle Paul states that is in Philippians 4. And he's simply saying, if you read the preceding verses 4.13 or 4.12, well, yeah, it says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to soften it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is saying, I am strengthened for all seasons. I am strengthened for all seasons. He's saying here, look, if you give me Jesus, that is enough. I can manufacture strength for all seasons. In fact, it doesn't James say, in that very nice but yet unpopular to modern day Christians, Verse where he says, count it all joy when you face various trials. They're like, no. He says, because knowing that the testing of your faith, you read in James 1, produces patience. And he begins to speak about how patience, when it has its work in you, will produce character. When you ask Joseph, he will tell you, you read Genesis 50, 20. Joseph says, look, this thing was meant for evil. It was adversity. He says, but out of that adversity, I was able, by the help of God, to manufacture destiny. Would you help me look at the person next to you and tell them, be strong, be strong. Someone says, what kind of message is this? This is the beginning of the year. What's all this talk about adversity? I'm even trying to keep my hope up. But adversity is, is a part of life. And it's okay because I could come and preach you happy and just, you know, tell you it's going to be fine. And I, I, can, I can preach. I'm a Bini man. I can preach. But, but the reality is, and, and it's, you know, there's small adversity. There's the adversity where you wake up in the morning, start the car, it doesn't start. That's adversity. But there's big things also which come. Our encouragement this morning is that instead, and I'll talk about this in a minute, of immediately losing hope, of instead of being disabled, instead of being paralyzed, that there is a response that God expects of us throughout this year. And, and three big thoughts on my mind. I'll say them and we'll pray. One is taken out of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. That I will maintain a strong spirit. Uh, help me ask the person next to you, how, how strong is your spirit? How, how strong is your spirit? How strong? How strong? But that's not how you ask. You, you have to ask them with attitude. You, know, you have to tap them a bit, push them a bit. How strong is your spirit? How strong, how strong is your spirit? Mm, I, was, I was listening to my pastor preach, and he was talking about a time he goes into a gym, and he says he, he sees, you know, there's a group of 30 or 40 people doing all sorts of things. And they say, he specifically remembers seeing some 60-year-old women in the thing. So he thought, ah, anything they can do, I can do also. You know, carrying weights and all that stuff. He said it took him two days to recover 
<laughs> to recover from that. I mean, for example, I've said to Ogo, oh, we're going to run together this year. Ah, you know, just bonding, family bonding. We should be running together. But I have said to myself, because come back, just comes back home and says, oh, I just finished running 21 kilometers. My mind, I just go, oh, bless you. you know, I, <laughs> I divide it by two. <laughs> ten and a half for you, ten and a half for me. But I've said to her, and I think I've said, if I've not said to you, public, private, I've said it to you, they're not running together. I ain't running more than three, K, three kilometers. I don't have that kind of strength. I don't. <laughs> Proverbs 18 says, a man's spirit will sustain him in infirmity or in sickness. It says, but a broken spirit who can bear. I mean, when you read Proverbs 24 and verse 10, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I will maintain a strong spirit. Ephesians 6.10, Apostle Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I love the prayer he prays for the church in Ephesians 3.16. He says, says that he prays says that the Holy Spirit will cause you to be strengthened with might in your inner man. David found strength in God. I was asking myself as I prepared for this message, is there allowance in my life for grace, the grace of God to flow? You know how we quote that scripture where Paul goes to God and says, oh, I have this issue. And God says, it's fine. He says, I cried out to God a couple of times. And God says, it is fine. My grace is sufficient for you. He says, my strength is made manifest in your weakness. And we quote it so nicely. But the thing I ask myself is, has my life been shaped, uh, designed in such a form that God's grace can find expression? Isn't it Jude 20? And I know I'm coming to you with a lot of scriptures this morning. I, I'm not going to apologize. It's church. It's okay. Jude 20, where he says, to build up yourself in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So I, I, I build myself in my spirit. I build my spirit. I build my... We don't prepare for battle in the day of battle. It's not the day they say, let's fight. I mean, the Nigerian guy is Anthony Joshua, right? Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua does not wake up on the day of the fight. He says, ah, it's today. We're fighting fury. Ah, 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 boys, come together, come together. Let's jog. He's going to die. Months before... Why am I even going that far to Anthony Joshua? Why myself and I go preparing for this marathon? Months before, wake up at 5 a.m. You know, leave your husband on the bed. And then run around, run around. People are driving to work. Why is this black woman sweating? Just running. Who is pursuing her? Is her husband disturbing her at home? Ha, God. Ha, hey, hey. She's just running, running, running. Lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And then, because... I've been there, so when the, when the marathons, I go one or twice, I go and support her, I go, I stay at the beginning, cheer her up, God be with you, God be with you. Then I take a cab or a taxi, depending on what city we are, I join her in the middle, oh, God bless you, dear. Sometimes I go back to the hotel, get a drink, and I finish line, oh, we did it, you know. <laughs> but the strength yeah, that is required to run, what's 42 kilometers, trust me, it's not a one, it's not that day she found it. Because sometimes adversity will put you in such an emotional bind that you cannot even 
but just depend on the reserve that you have built up. What is a strong spirit? It's one that is filled with the word of God and builds life with the word. You know, when we're younger, they would say, one week without prayer makes one week. Like, ah, ah. We're an Instagram generation. And, and I say this to you with all due respect. I love social media. My Instagram account is alive. I have 13 posts. Okay. Um, but I realized that you feed for where you are going. In fact, there's a message, and I think we try, so if we can get it out, Lifestyle of a Warrior, we picked last year. I think we'll just make the CDs available next time because you prepare for where you are going. In Matthew 7, Jesus speaking to his disciples says, look, the storm is no respecter of person. I'm paraphrasing. doesn't really say that. But the storm is no respecter of person. There are two men, one man, it's the foolish one. The Bible says he builds his house without respect for the word of God. Storm comes, house down. There's another man, the Bible calls him the wise man. He says he takes what God says and uses that to build his life. And Jesus says the storm comes. The storm does not respect person. It doesn't respect your name, title, gender, or age. I mean, when Jennifer was sharing her God experience, I was like, oh my God, you're only 25. How... How do, you, how do you have all this happen to you already? Let me ask the person next to you. I'm suspecting your spiritual strength. How strong is your spirit? Tell him, I'm asking out of consent for you. It's not really because. I'm just asking, I'm concerned for you. How strong is your spirit? Nene, are you afraid to ask Pastor Tolu? Ask him how strong is his spirit. God is a pastor. Ask him. He's not allowing you to ask him. <laughs> All right. And this is, this is important. So, so, there are times when we will say to us at life point, we're going to fast. <laughs> and we are going to fast uh, this year. I just don't want to. Hallelujah. God bless your soul. <laughs> it's not a gen, not and, and, and I, Holy Spirit, can I digress? I digress. It's because I sense there is this concept of making spiritual deposits. I sense that for some people, there's stuff you need to settle this year. Okay? You just need, and it's not a, a fast way we're looking for stuff, no. It's a fast way we're saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's a fast way we're praying. So, it's a, as a designer, you will like the fast church. You will like it. You will love it. It's not five days old. No. It's not ten days. It's not even twenty-one. I just, I don't, I'm breaking it gently. But I think it will start about Valentine's, you know, like February. So you can, no, no, no. I want you to also have nice Valentine's Day, then, I think. But we'll come to that. It might be 40 days, but let's see how it goes. All right. <laughs> someone, says I'm look, someone says I'm looking for another church. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm just calculating this. 40 Valentine's Day. So I'll come back in April. I think it's a good time. But you need to, and look here, guys. Tokwa was praying for Nigeria, and I don't know if you begin to feel it, how that we live in a country where there is so much national adversity. You know, just keeping your joy up in our country is a task. In fact, what we then do is to unplug. They killed XY people in Benway. Ah! You can't, you, you refuse for your heart to even process it. But the Bible says, in the last days, there will be perilous times. And I don't know what your plans for this year 
but there has never been a time to have a strong spirit as now. There's never been a time to build your spirit as now. Very quickly, my second thought is that I will let nothing tamper with my joy. I will let nothing steal my joy. But I would find, I would improve in this year the practice of entering into the joy of the Lord by practicing gratitude, reflection, and worship. That I would not wait for Fallaby Noel and the wonderful band to come and lead me in song before I know to worship. The Bible says when we worship, what happens? It says we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord as in a glass. It says we are being transformed into that same image. So what happens every time you stand before God is that you pick of his very essence. You, you stir up something on the inside. You know what happens when you've hugged someone who's wearing a very strong perfume? It's like sometimes you leave there and people can tell, oh, have you been around X and Y? Doesn't the Bible say that the joy of the Lord is our strength? Doesn't the Bible say of Jesus that for the joy that was set before him, and he endured the cross. He found strength. And so why didn't Jesus do some serious drama? In the middle of all the adversity, people, you know, nailing him and he just come down and say, guys, I can't do this anymore. I'm really sorry about this. There was some joy that he was contacting on a constant basis. He was hearing the promise of God. The one where God will say, look, come and sit by my right hand while I make all your enemies my footstool. There was something that was going on in Jesus' heart that refused to let him be weak in the midst of adversity. Because one of the things that adversity goes for, first, is your hope and your joy. The promises of God should provoke joy in my heart. The promise of God should provoke joy in my heart. It should, it should cause you to just be happy for no, as it were, no reason. You should just think about God. Think about you. Think about God. Think about you. And just be happy. And, and, and just be happy. And I know that sadness and, and being sad and being depressed has become sexy. And I said the word sexy on a Sunday morning. I know. I know I said so. But look, guys, I have been depressed before. I have had depressive episodes. I am melancholic in a sense. I, my wife knows that I don't need... But when I wake up in the morning, somebody greet me, good morning, I just look at you. <sighs> I have to be polite. I have to be spiritual. Good morning, dear. You know, and you know because I, like, I'm in a deep place like that, you know. But I realize that that which tampers with my joy tampers with my strength. Sadness takes away from your strength that you need to face adversity. Doesn't the Bible says with joy we will draw out of the wells of salvation. When was the last time you were just, people you looked at you and you said, why are you so happy? When was the last time you were in traffic and people were envying you for the smile on your face? Because you drive in Lagos and people are just, you know, people are, I mean, when you go abroad, don't you see people, hello, how are you? you know? But here, harshness, and you want to form I'm a big Lagos boy, you and my point is, we're not of that. You know the song is playing now. God bless you. Okay. <laughs> Will you ask the person next to you, is there joy in your heart? 
God says, says, in my presence, there is fullness of joy. So how do you stand in the presence of God and remain perpetually sad? I said to the guys when we were doing dealing with depression last year, I said, look, come, sadness is the shadow that a broken world casts upon the souls of men. And so I understand. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard to be, I mean, you see things that affect the way you feel. In fact, next uh, February we'll talk about feelings and stuff a bit more. But the promises of God should provoke joy in my heart. Uh, you know, I was asking myself today, when I was preparing for this, I said, does even the hope of heaven, does it make me happy? I've got, I've got a, somebody in the congregation today, all these other people. My, 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 I'm serious. God bless you too. We're coming up. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> But my point is this, because, you know, we've, we've suddenly got into a place in our faith where we no longer reckon with heaven as part of the package. But you should just get up and drive through traffic and be happy. And people ask you, why? I say, I'm going to heaven soon. There's no traffic in heaven. There's no, no, there's no traffic in heaven. And they call you morbid. That's, that's fine. Let's make sure you have your ticket. Man. Trumpet blowing soon. I'm heading out. Because if I told you, Ogo, that this year for your birthday, first class to Dubai, you're going to be happy between now and April. You know it. You're not happy. Okay. <laughs> what if I promised you, Nandi, I like the way you were playing the keyboard. Let's go. London. Tomorrow. <laughs> Say, go on, man of God. Yes. But there is nothing that will make you unhappy between today and tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Your neighbor can put on that loud generator all night. It doesn't matter. You just be telling yourself, when I get to London tomorrow, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. And so you go through that adversity because there is a promise in the morning. And so sometimes you have to keep on asking yourself, have I forgotten the promise? Have I forgotten who promised it? Because okay, when I said Dubai, you just looked at it and said, eh, Dubai. <laughs> I will shock you. <laughs> I will shock you. But the Bible says, it says this promises are an anchor for our soul. I was looking at that scripture in Hebrews. I, I worry that too much, too many times we've become detached from the promises of God. <sighs> Let me tell the person next to you, be happy. Be happy, be happy. My last big thought for this morning is that I invest in the power of godly company. I invest in the power of godly company. Ecclesiastics 4, 9 to 11. It says two are better than one. It says because they have a good reward for their labor. It says for if the fall, one will lift his companion. He says, but what to him who is alone when he falls? For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And for the guy who then immediately looked at his girlfriend when I left that part, that's not what he was saying. Because <laughs> he was giving her looks like, you see, you see? That's not what he was saying there. But may I draw your attention, church? He says, but what to him? who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Sister, the Bible says, one shall chase a thousand. Describes it. A scenario where one chases a thousand, two 
shall chase 10,000. That our strength, when we come together, multiplies. I agree that there is some adversity that you and God alone have to deal with. I agree. But we must find strength in numbers. We must stop what I call Rambo movement. Where, you know, because you, know, you know the film, you know how that, you know, where Rambo or whatever this is. Well, this shows you how, how far back I am with the movies. But you know how, you know, at the end, he's this one guy, he puts charcoal on his face, gets ten guns, and just looks, you know, and then goes and kills everybody. And we all cheer. But that's why it's a film. Because this is the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ. There are no contractors in the body of Christ. We don't even have in-laws. We're all part of the family. Who holds up your hands when you are tired? I've been playing lean on me now. You're sharp. <laughs> but who, may I ask the person next to you, who holds your hands up when you're tired? Who holds your hands? I mean, Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul. In the midst of revelation, revelation's flowing up and down. Man, he's quoting. He's having out-of-body experiences, trances, word of knowledge, healing people. Apostle Paul will write letter after letter after letter. And he will say, pray for me. So, so, and so, and so. Pray for me. Like this. Pray for me. When was the last time you said to a friend, would you please pray for me? Because all of us are forming that we are, you know, we are all together fine. Have a look at the person next to you and ask them, would you pray for me? So when we say find planting in the house of God, it's not because we just want the church to be full or because we understand that there's the power of your own company. The Bible says of Daniel that he went back to his company. He would pray with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Adversity is a fact of life. Adversity is a fact. I will maintain a strong spirit. Let's say that together. I will maintain a strong spirit. I want you to say it until your heart hears it. I will maintain a strong spirit. Oh, no, you didn't say it like Christians. I will maintain a strong spirit. Namdi, I know you're playing the keyboard, but I want you to join. I will maintain a strong spirit. I will not let anything tamper or steal my joy. Let's say it again. I will not let anything tamper or steal my joy. Lastly, I will invest in the power of godly company. Oh, you didn't say it like you meant. I will invest in the power of godly company. When we, when we run marathons, thousands of people. And sometimes you wonder, I mean, you, anybody who runs professionally like I do will tell you that the race is harder when you run it by yourself. The race is harder when you run it by yourself. I like to read out of Psalm 18 as I close. And Namdi, now you can choose the song to close with. So adversity will come. But God provides us with strength in the midst of adversity. 
Psalm 18, I'm going to read out of verse 32 all the way. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. I paraphrase this. You made my adversity bow at my feet. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight. And I destroyed my foes. Would you, church, look for one person this Sunday and just pray God's strength over their life? Would you look for one person and say, Good, may I pray with you if you don't mind? It's sometimes nicer if you even know their name. So you're not just praying for some abstract figure. Say, may I pray for you, Tolu? May I pray for you, Lele? May I pray for you, Fallaby? May I pray for you, Ibukun? I pray for you, Chinadu. And just begin to declare God's word. That they, in this season, all through this year, they receive the strength from God. That there will be no adversity. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. They will not faint in the day of adversity. Declare that their spirit is strong. Paul says that be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Our Father, we turn our hearts to you in prayer. And we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will strengthen our brother with might in the inner man. It does not matter what age. It does not matter where they've been. Lord, by your mercy and by your grace, we declare we are not praying for the enemy. In the name of the Lord Jesus, would you declare over their lives that God's strength is made manifest in the place of weakness. That God's grace finds expression. Would you declare over that life that they live in such a way, they make lifestyle choices in such a way that God's grace can find expression in their lives. They will not frustrate the grace of God. Would you declare over that life that there will be joy in their hearts in the morning. There will be joy in their hearts in the afternoon. There will be joy in the evening. In the name of the Lord Jesus, would you declare over that life that the joy of the Lord is their strength. That they will constantly stand and worship in reflection and gratitude in the presence of God and they will receive joy. David says, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Would you declare over that life? They will not be downcast. They will not be trodden on the foot by men or the devil. Would you declare over that life? 
that they find connection with godly company that one shall chase a thousand but these ones will be counted amongst those who chase ten thousand in the name of the Lord Jesus would you pray new friends for them would you pray new family for them would you pray new connections for them let doors of favor open with divine connections with helpers of destiny in the name of the Lord Jesus would you declare over that life that when their hands like Moses' hands begin to feel weak that they will find a man on the left a man on the right who will lift them up they will find someone who will bring good news they will find someone who will encourage them in the name of the Lord Jesus my God enough 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 of this victim mentality my God you are the one who strengthens our arms for battle with your strength we can go through a troop we can scale the world Manataya, Manataya would you declare that our houses are built upon the rock our houses are built upon the rock our houses are built upon the rock Ish, Ish. would you just pray in the spirit over that life one minute just pray in the spirit if you've got a prayer language because the Bible says we come to an end in our understanding. But would you just pray in the spirit over that life? Would you just cause an outputting of divine utterance over that life? My God, my talaparamasute karabatamareketenabos. It says that the time the angels came and they strengthened Jesus. Let this week angels come and strengthen your people. Yes, Senebos. Yes, Salabondo Mandelegadesh. It says there was none feeble amongst them. Some may trust in horses and chariots, but we are the circumcision having no confidence in the flesh. Not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Would you end one minute of thanksgiving over that life? One minute of thanksgiving over that life. Just thank God. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.